In a lot of ways, Jess, Ollie, and I are like the Inquisitorious of fanfiction. <laughs> Start your subway engines, it's time for Rupalp's Podrace, a queer Star Wars podcast. Welcome back to our weekly Star Wars show coverage and the start of the Obi-Wan show. We're recording this during Star Wars Celebration, so Jess won't be with us this week, though they will be here in spirit. And stay tuned for a special message that they sent us. I'm Mel. I use they them pronouns. You can find me on social media at Melvin Culpa, and my gender this week is parkour artist Reva. So true. So true. She was <laughs> jumping. Obsessed. I was like, girl, where are you going? It was crazy. I was like, <laughs> you, that is so okay go off no because i do fear that she is like the the toxic fanboys who are like the helicopter lightsabers are stupid she said i have one and i'm not going to use it because i also i think they're stupid no and if anyone if any dude bro complains about her at all vis-a-vis her um athletic ability those are the same people who are like standing the knights of the old republic and i'm like have you guys seen some of the those battles that shit was insane crazy bonkers i think she is doing just fine thank you very much um, truly if anyone says anything bad about reva i fear that i may become a toxic fan i may become toxic and i will be gatekeeping I can't wait for them to bring hel- helicopter lightsabers so that people can be like, oh, I have so much to complain about. And I'm going to be like, I've been waiting for this one because I, <laughs> I love the hel- I love the helicopter lightsabers. No, because I heard the sound. I heard the sound of the helicopter lightsaber when Quizzy pulled his shit out. And I was like, the day has come. You bitches, w- w- which Quizzy, which Quizzy, which Inquisitor will fly first? Stay tuned. Keep updated on the space. Sorry. Did you guys see Jess's text? They bumped into <laughs> fucking Tem. Like basically, like they were like, they were like, oh hey. <laughs> update, update from Star Wars Celebration. Jess at Kawaii Jess Yo from Real Padres ran down Tamara Morrison. <laughs> Not clickbait. He's Hashtag Jess is over party. I'm Ollie. I use any pronouns. You can find me at social media at Ollie Fresh. That's fresh with a PH. Um, and my gender this week is actually Jess approved. I texted them before and they said, I gave two options and they said, you should go with this one. So my gender this week is Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not Obi-Wan's. Yeah, I think that it's really funny that a Jawa was like, damn, bitch, you're. Oh yes, no, yes we can. I'm just I'm just saying <laughs> I, I think it's deeply funny um because he was he was actually the one that got Charlie XCX to sign that douche bulb and then I guess never touched it ever again. So maybe do better, Obi-Wan. I I hate you people. Um <laughs> Hi, I'm Claudia. My pronouns are she her. You can find me on social media at Kaludia says K-A-L-U-D-I-A says. My gender this week is Union representatives, Obi-Wan and Kanan Jarrus. For those of you who have read the novel A New Dawn, it starts quite a lot like Obi-Wan in this episode where he's just like working nine to five like Dolly Parton. Um, And he is, you know, one with the working class. And I do believe that they, had they had more time, both of them would be unionizing their workplace. Um, and, And the plot of A New Dawn is kind of him like, He's supposed to be hiding, but then he ends up advocating for workers' rights. So, Obi-Wan, get on it. This is actually so interesting because that was actually Claudia's gender a while ago, was 
was Kane and Jarrett's union representative like like mm-hmm. months ago, like when we were still talking about the bad batch. So yeah. I just I just had a memory of that. So I like that we're bringing it full circle. This is actually the last episode of the podcast, everyone. Hi, I'm Noah. I use he him pronouns. You can find me on TikTok at the Jewish Jedi. And my gender this week is hilariously related to Mel's by accident. It is Catwoman 2004 starring Reva the Inquisitor. <laughs> Oh, so true. For those who have not seen the cinematic masterpiece that is Catwoman 2004, this is a movie where in Halle Berry, or rather a CGI prop of her, is spun around a television (laughs) screen. And they have so many shots of like her perspective while she's like running up walls. And there were a couple shots in episode two wherein that was happening. And I was pissing myself because it was the greatest thing ever put to cinema. Also, if you hate the 2004 Catwoman movie because you're like, oh, it's bad. You have shit taste. I said what I said. So we're going to be discussing two episodes of uh, Obi-Wan today. Um, let's get let's get into it. What were the general vibes, everybody? Um, I really rather enjoyed the Obi-Wan episode. Um, or episodes, sorry. Two of them dropped um, at the same time. Also early, which felt like a lot. I, we were all were planning on watching it together, and it was a thing of like, Ugh. okay, can I can I walk the people through the evening that I had because of this event? So here's the thing, I live on the East Coast, and I was not in the mood or ability to stay up till three in the morning to watch it. I just don't. So I said, okay, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go to bed early, and then I'm gonna wake up at three a.m. and just watch two episodes, and then not go back to bed and just go to work afterwards. That was my plan. Okay. However, so. I took two melatonin gummies, like a responsible adult. And I said, I'm going to, I'm going to go to bed now. I'm going to be done. Okay. And then right as I'm laying down for a long winter's nap, I received a phone call from Ollie and they were like, they're releasing it early. And I was like, "Uh, what? And they were like, oh, it's releasing at midnight. And I was like, but I'm going to be asleep in 20 minutes. They said, how much melatonin did you take? And I said, six milligrams. And they said, that will not knock you out. And I said, you don't know me. I know my body. I know it's going to happen in about 22 seconds. What I'm going to do is conk out. and I'm not going to hear from anyone for the next 12 and a half hours. So then I said, okay, something must be done about what is occurring this evening. So I went downstairs. I walked all the way down and it opened my fridge. And I got a Celsius out, energy drink. Okay. And I You're said, not sponsored. Do you thing? don't have to say everything. <laughs> but I want to. And I said, okay, should I drink this? I'm not entirely sure. So I cracked it open and I took several large sips and I said, I think I might just finish it. Then I did it. I drank like three quarters of it. And I really felt like I could hear things beyond the mortal veil that others were not privy to. Anyway, then I sat down and they watched two Obi-Wan episodes. And then it was like two in the morning. And I said, well, I have to get back to bed. I have work in the morning. So what did I do? I took super melatonin gummies. I said, time to go to bed. So I just went on like, like a roller coaster of caffeine and hormonal imbalance. And they woke up the next day. And you know what I did? I went to work. Anyways, I liked it though. I I thought it was very fun. I, I liked. That... I thought it was really weird when he had the bottle of Celsius energy drink like right <laughs> on the screen. Like I thought that was really weird. It's like that scene in Riverdale that just came out where he's like, "My Chime credit card shows <laughs> the screen what credit card he is using." There's a scene in the Vampire Diaries where a character's like, "So I binged it," and I think it's very much like that sponsored i would like no i like i like to think that obi-wan drinks because of like his living situation he is living in a cave um, he is a monster girly yeah no Bro, but I, he but wishes I, he okay, was ray no but hear me out on this hear me out on this off-brand monster where like one of the letters is missing and he's like that's close enough right and then he drinks it and he can't for 13 hours <laughs> bottoms up and the devil laughs 
Exactly. Uh, but I yeah, like- no, he is. He's living. He's working as like a meat cutter and he keeps stealing from work, which okay. Claudia and Can Claudia noted something? every time. Can I that, like something? he's so not conspicuous about it. He like pulls his apron forward, <laughs> looks back and where like he's crossing a it's street. It's his white man privilege. <laughs> but also, can I admit something? I when I first saw that scene, I thought he was he was working making bricks. <laughs> Yeah, we heard. We heard the, 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 like, big argument you and Claire had as Claire was like, that is a meat, Claudia. Yeah, so we did watch this episode, all four of us plus Claire, Claudia's partner, and there was a point where in our Discord, we could hear the two of them having an argument where Claudia was like, why is he bringing bricks home? And Claire was like, that is a meat, Claudia. I was like, oh, they're fighting, domestic dispute, not domestic dispute, what is it called? Obi-Wan making Wagyu beef. Yeah, I kind mean, of. Basically. What if he's like that raccoon-controlled chef from Everything Everywhere All at Once? Oh, so true. Spoilers for Everything Everywhere All at Once, I Obi- guess. Obi-Wan and his ratatouille. <laughs> um, it was called something different in Everything Everywhere All at Once, so. Yeah. Only two of the bitches in this call have watched that movie. When is it going to hit streaming? Okay. Oh my god. I will be buying that movie with my own money when it when it is available to yeah. do so. This is a this is a plug for every, everything everywhere at all at once. It's far better than Star Wars. Um, it is, and also followed by this is completely unrelated, but I feel like I need to rant about it real quick. I'm so sorry. This is this episode's off the shits. You can you can't find Morbius anywhere on the internet. Well, I bet you could find it somewhere illegally. Yes, you can. Yes, I, you can. Literally, every time I sign into my fucking smart TV, it's like, do you want to rent this movie? And okay. I texted you guys Listen. that it showed up on my smart TV of what movies do you want to watch? Morbius or Sonic 2? And I was like, oh, it's Mel and Ollie right next to each other. <laughs> because the other day I was trying to figure out where I could watch Morbius. I was trying no. so hard. I was Mel? fighting for my life. Please. Mel, Mel, you are a part of all the people who memed a sequel to this movie ha- of happening. I have not seen done. it. I'm canceling it. you. No, I. You. Sp- I know the plot point for point, beat for beat. No, because you have spread. You have spread the word of Morbius, even if you haven't seen it. It travels via word of mouth. Mouth. Word of mouth. Is that the right phrase? That's the phrase. Word of mouth, and you have you have perpetuated it. And that's somewhere I can't follow you. So please don't go down that path. I feel like fucking Padme right now begging you not to go to the Morb side. There was a Twitter Thursday that was recounting the entire movie plot point by plot point that I did read the entirety of. So now I too have been cursed with the knowledge of the entire section of Morbius. Yeah, but I needed a refresher. Like the part where okay. orphaned him and hey, that wait. Trip. Oh my God. Wait, 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 wait. Guys, do you guys remember that part in Obi-Wan where Reva is like about to, like she stabs the Grand Inquisitor and then goes to get Obi-Wan and then Morbius like jumps in. Morbius ju- shh, shh, shh. And then Morbius jumps in and says, it's Morbin time, third sister. That's my yeah. multiverse of oh, madness. I was, I was thinking Quizzy, like he saves Quizzy. Like it's like a, oh, well, like that's a parallel why she, to that's, the Morbius movie. No, well, that's they kiss why, on the mouth. No, but that's okay. why while um while while that's why Obi-Wan and Lair are able to get away was because Morbius had stopped yeah. Reva from chasing them. For for our new listeners, we call the Grand Inquisitor Quizzy. You're uh, welcome. That is his name. Everyone should be okay. calling him that. Okay, concept Morbizzy. Which is the ship of Morbius and Quizzy? Quizius. I'm gonna okay, kill yeah. you. Sleep, Noah. Quizius. Anyway, Morbius. Um, they're both. No. They're both. They're both fucked up in white. Can we be a Morbius podcast now? No, yeah. please. Anyways, can okay. we get back to Kenobi? I would like to discuss this. As the person show. who wanted to talk about Morbius. No, because I had to. Okay, no, no, 
because because this is actually the point that I was trying to make is that I was struggling figuring out like a place to rent it so we didn't end up watching it. We weren't going to watch it anyways. We ended up watching Rogue One. Um, anyways, point is everywhere I was trying to find to stream it wanted me to pay twenty fucking dollars and I couldn't pirate like onto a TV because I wasn't like at my house. Like there was no way for me to like do this in any real way because everyone was moving. We were just trying to put a movie on while we were moving and we were like, wouldn't it be funny if it was Morbius? Anyways, all to say. We watched Rogue One. It was pretty good. So Kenobi is a show Anyways. that we watched. Uh, Anyways, um, you guys watched Kenobi? Well, I was in like a melatonin energy drink fueled fugue state. So I'm not sure if what I watched was real or a series of hallucinations, okay. but we'll get to that. I, I'm going to be a very toxic person and say... I quite liked it and I had a bit of an emotional breakdown and I feel like I'm entering my toxic positivity era but like I have found something to love about all of the Star Wars series um we started with the Bad Batch obviously the Mandalorian is all bops um you know we I I have I have I I liked the Bad Batch however it has been quite ruined by the whitewashing the book of Boba Fett has a lot of stuff to love even though I do believe that a lot of it was ruined by COVID um and I I hate when people praise one thing to to like crit like or like praise one thing like by criticizing another um but this thing like I was like I already know that I'm gonna like this Obi-Wan has always been a favorite character of mine um what I didn't know was like how good it would be um like there were certain things that I was like we we had a in our in our discord with our friends we had a cameo betting pool and um it's just for fun and whatever. And we have advanced rules, whatever. And I was being very conservative with my guesses. I wasn't putting what I wanted to show up. I was putting like what I actually think is realistic. And the ways I was pleasantly surprised, like the, the thing about being a Star Wars fan is you have to just keep your expectations low and then be happily surprised all the time. And when I watched this, it was like, not only were my expectations low and you exceeded them, like you and you exceeded them you you jumped over them and that never happens with star wars and so i was like i don't know what to do i don't know what to do with this feeling i, I don't i am screaming crying and throwing up um most of, and here we are going to get into spoilers most of it was because um bail organa is my special little guy and i have been waiting for bail organa and and ba and bria and young leia content forever so I quite possibly did pass away. Um, I can confirm that I did hear you start audibly crying in the Zoom call like <laughs> multiple times. Like I think that like like they showed Kid Leia and then in my head I was like, should I mute her for right now? <laughs> I I was on push to talk, so I was I, I was you you only heard. Oh, a little so you bit were choosing crying. to okay. No, I, I was I was like gonna I was like pushing it was pushing the button and then I was gonna talk and then I just started crying. Also, Ventress is one of my favorite characters and Reva as far as we know so far, I think is a lot like her. And so I quite possibly was screaming, crying and throwing up the entire time. And I, I am so used to being let down that it was very weird to just genuinely have a good time. <laughs> Speaking of Reva and also just like the Inquisitors in general, um, one, I was actually thrilled at how early they showed up in the episode. I thought they were yeah. going to be like an end of episode reveal. And then I was like, oh my God, hi. I will also say this. Um, famously, I am not a Jedi hater. I know that many of the other girls are not, but I am, I am, I like the Jedi a lot. Um, and like Quizzy's little speech about the Jedi, I was like, oh, hey, 
those are the values actually of, of many of the Jedi still, despite the circumstances of the galaxy. I kind of like that. First of all, I really did rather enjoy these these first two episodes. Um, and like specifically, I think I've seen some critiques of people being like, okay, well, so many Jedi survived Order 66. Like, what the fuck? And it's like, okay, well, first of all, no, <laughs> these wicked didn't. Um, but second of all, every Jedi that we have seen thus far have, has had like a very important reason to have survived. Um, even if in the case of that one little guy, it was just to be like, hey, Obi-Wan, this is pretty fucked up. Could you like do something? And then he's like, no. And then he dies in a passion. Um, and that is, his, unfortunately, his one purpose was to die. Um, but like, I don't think it is that wild that, you know, a couple, a couple dozen Jedi survived uh, Order 66 and like we're seeing kind of their, the effects on that, on their lives that this has, has had on them. Um, but yeah, the, the Inquisitors at the beginning of the episode were fucking crazy bonkers. And I also was, I, I don't know, like that, how all of this just kind of went like, it just kept hitting. Um was good but also i was i felt like i was just like inundated i was like whoa there's so much happening all at once and so it ended up being a little overwhelming i will say star wars fans are annoying because all they do is fucking complain um and because i have seen i have seen people be like well you know the the jedi are so op how could some how could the clones not take them all out and then of course uh, my partner claire was like um they were number one genetically engineered to do so they also had the element of surprise and also um you know they outnumbered the jedi whatever but also you know kind of the whole point of the inquisitors whatever is that they didn't get all of them like <laughs> that is kind of the point is they didn't get them and it wouldn't be realistic for them to get all of them um, and there's also not that many Inquisitors. So, you know, and something very funny in their dialogue in this episode was that it was kind of like, it was, again, kind of bureau bureaucratic of like, oh, we got to just like get the random little guys that we get. And she's like, no, nah, I want the big fish. Like, clearly they have like a roster. <laughs> they, okay, Obi-Wan is on the top of the FBI's most wanted list. Yeah, clickbait. literally, literally. Um, I will also say about the Inquisitors showing up, I know that there was a lot of apprehension about how they were going to look because two of them are characters that we have seen before in Rebels. Um, and I think it was Noah who said while we were watching the episode, like something about Rebels is that the art style is pretty stylized. Like none of the characters look particularly like real people. Um, but so, so adapting it was obviously going to be a chore. And I know there's something about like, oh, well, we've seen other characters from Utapau. Like, so it's weird the Inquisitor looks like this. I thought he looked great. Yeah. I was really, yeah. like, I was really impressed. And also, like, the ability that he had to, like, emote. Because that is something that with a lot of prosthetics, as much as I would have liked to see him be super, like, like, Powan-like, I would have loved to see that. But I do really like that we can actually see what is going on vis-a-vis -vis his yeah. eyebrows and facial expressions. Yeah. Um, which I think is, was the same, I, I think. Yeah, I'm interested to see a bit more of Fifth Brother just because we didn't get to see a whole lot of him. But I'm so far, like, I'm really satisfied with how they have done things visually. I think that if we talk about, like, the visuals of this episode, the aesthetic, I think it is really, really interesting so far. There were some very, very distinct characters as well as very distinct locations. And all of them, in my opinion, at least, I thought looked really 
well done and very fleshed out. The Rebels art style really veers towards these thinner character models, which just makes it so hard to like, quote unquote, accurately translate. But yeah, I agree. He looked good. Like for what he was, for what they were going for, I liked it a lot. I loved the lightsaber, especially with like, the sound effects and visuals. Um, and something I will say that I, I imagine which is because of when these shows were filmed is that the Tatooine of this show feels a lot more lived in and a lot more alive than the Tatooine of Book of Boba Fett. And I know that that is almost definitely just because of like, how many people were allowed to be on set given when filming was happening. But I do think it made the environment altogether feel a lot more cohesive. And that's the same on, um, what is the planet they went to? Dayu. Yeah, Dayu also feels like a city, like that people live in. It doesn't just feel like set dressing, which I liked. And I will say to that, like, Dayu also felt like not like Coruscant, which was nice. Like, Like it had like certain things because I think visually Star Wars like has in urban settings similar aesthetics. But like that is to be said of like the country of the United States, like urban settings there are going to be skyscrapers wow who would have guessed um and so i just i don't know i really liked the aesthetics like of just like the detail um, shout out to the production design like also i feel like um something that i just like as someone who it as a media consumer um but like what i what i like about shows is when you have you when you understand the geography of a place that you're in and all of these like rooftop shots that were happening on dayu like made it feel so much more like like, I knew where everything was while it was happening, except for one specific sequence where Riva is running and it's like, girl, where are you going? <laughs> so one thing that I, one thing that, of course, sometimes I go, I go on Tumblr and the Tumblr girlies, they open my eyes to certain parallels or whatever. And um, somebody brought up the parallel of in Attack of the Clones when Anakin is just booking it through the crowds on Coruscant. It's very much like when baby Leia is booking it through the crowds and Obi-Wan's like, no, wait, stop. And it's it's a parallel to that. And it's very cool to see like the cities are different, but like it's clearly a, a visual parallel there. But then also... Um, one thing that Rebels really excelled at was they were introducing us to a new planet, Lothal, and all this kind of stuff. And then eventually they were on another planet for a while. And a thing that they that they would do is like have interesting locations and then they would kind of – and then especially like right from the jump in the first couple episodes – um, they would have like Ezra learning how to, how to parkour jump like a Jedi between things. Like overall – it kind of it represents something that I really like about this show so far in that it is having respect and both both like literal connections and also thematic connections and storytelling connections with almost every other part of Star Wars. People are like, oh, it's respecting the prequels. And I'm like, um, there's obviously the original trilogy and the prequels in there, but also stuff for obviously Rebels fans and Clone Wars people and um, the sequels even. Um there were a lot of things actually with the with the sequels i'm sure there will be more um you know there's just there's just um the stuff about all of the the droid rights stuff shout out to the solo stands like there's there's truly like there's truly like something in there for everyone and i just was like deborah cho often has talked about how she's like a really big star wars fan whatever and i was like ma'am you motherfucking get it like I, and I could tell from this, I was like, oh, this is what I've been, this is what I'm often missing in not just Star Wars, but in like anything that's a big franchise project is like live in the thing that you have created. And I think that this has been doing it quite well. Um, and that's why I have quite enjoyed myself so far. Yeah, that this that is, I agree. Um, and that is all to say also that I feel like this is excelling where Boba Fett lacked in a sense of like, 
like the appreciation for for the prequels and not saying that book of boba fett didn't i think i think the biggest problem of book of boba fett was writing i don't think it was quite it was covid and writing those were the two things i found were the weakest things even though covid anyways point is with obi-wan like it makes sense that like while i do feel like this is the obi-wan show we are focusing in on him and the struggles he is going through there is also other there's a b plot that's intertwining um that did not feel the same with the Mandalorian. Or, see, I just fucking said it. With fucking Book of Boba Fett and the Mandalorian coming in and just kind of like hijacking the end of that show. Like, Din could have been in that show and it wouldn't have been... It could have yeah. It could have been fine, but it yeah. just got so overwhelmingly... Yeah. You know, I, I will actually say it is kind of similar to... We have our issues with the Bad Batch, but a thing that the Bad Batch... And I think this is just something that television does well or good television does well is um you know they have you had the main plot with the bad batch and then you brought in like a little thing with fennec on the side and then it intersected because it was about developing omega as a character and i feel like that's very similar to what happened here and you're like oh yeah you can have a b plot and it not steer the whole show away (laughs) yeah and i think also it it helps that we know everything that is going to happen to obi-wan so like everything that is happening in this plot is a recontextualizing things we already know so it's it, we don't have to worry about like okay well is Boba Fett gonna die in his own fucking TV show? No, Obi Wan is not gonna die here. He has that plot armor. This is where plot armor is like actually very helpful. Even though at the end of episode two, Quizzy did Let's get his shit that. rocked. Um, <laughs> it's fine. But, um, he just got hurted. He just got hurted. He's, what do we think? Is he is he actually dead? Is he no, not he dead? <laughs> yes, okay. Quizzy. Quizzy okay. is dead. I, is it a, no, no, is no, no, it a no, different no. Powan? Like no. what do we think? I'm gonna. Okay. That's why it's wait stop. Everyone, that is why his head is not long. Is he a clone? Yeah. No, no. It's they're gonna put him in a big little machine to fix him up, but they're gonna stretch him a bit, and they're gonna be like, "Oh my god, your head got so much skinnier," and he's gonna be like, "Yes, it did." He's like, "Why so the full regard?" His summer like, surgery. So you think I'm skinny? <laughs> okay, but here's what I will say when I put this to bed. Quizzy gets fine. a BBL. I love when you get a BB all through your like uh, with a needle that goes. Straight it's a, no, it's a real, real, it's a Brazilian brain lift. Yeah. No, Quizzy is fine. He just got stabbed. Also, we've seen people survive much worse in yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, Orson Krennic survived worse, and he's yeah. just a guy. He's Vader a literally dude. was fucking burned to death. Yeah. I think, okay, no, I think the idea of Quizzy dying is so funny because they kill Quizzy, decanonize rebels, and then I snap. And I go to, and I go to Lucas Films and I start swinging. I'm not you know? I'm not trying to hurt anyone. I'm just like eating the concrete outside because I'm like you've decanonized Gears of Aurelios and now I need to kill you. No, you know you know um, how how Christian Bale described how when his performance for American Psycho he was like Tom Cruise has that smile with nothing behind the eyes. Ollie just got possessed by the spirit of Tom Cruise. Yeah, because in that looking- moment they they had this smile on where they were like, and I don't care if everybody dies. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> if they do this, that's what will happen. Are you trying to say that I'm Patrick Bateman coded? In that singular say- moment? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I was thinking that they were more Tom Cruise coded, but okay. That's Accurately, worse. I would rather yeah. be Patrick Bateman. Scientology member Ollie, not clickbait. <laughs> anyways. Anyways. I, anyways. Another, another thing that I really liked about this and like something that I've been worried about was, okay, how are they going to, how are they going to bring up, 
uh, people who are important in Obi-Wan's life other than Anakin, which is Padme, Ahsoka, Satine, and Cody and the clones, who I, I think are all important to him. Uh, and obviously, we were go- we are, are, already know we're bringing up Qui-Gon. He has already been brought up. Um, so, like, everybody other than Anakin and Qui-Gon, how are we doing that? And I've been pleasantly surprised. Number one, we get to Bale saying several times, you are one of our best friends. You don't, like, t- talking about their friendship. I'm like, slay. And then we have with Padme, you know, maybe this is all we're going to get with Padme, but I was so happy to see Padme mentioned and discussed as not just the mother of Luke and Leia, not just Anakin's wife or whatever, as someone where he's like, she's my dear friend. Like, this is about Obi-Wan and this is about Obi-Wan's friends. And it's in referring to her as, this is something I've complained about also is like, Padme's legacy is kind of erased from Star Wars after she dies and it really always pisses me off so to like kind of in one swoop talk about like not only her impact on him and also a lot of people have brought up like when he was having his nightmares it seemed like he he felt like he failed both Anakin and Padme um like it it I was like are we having Padme respect in this Chili's like if this is all we get yeah I'll be kind of sad but like this is the this is this is, this is quite good. And also, is this what happens when women write Star Wars? Because, I mean, there was a, a male writer, and but Deborah Cho, also this was her baby. I'm like, Deborah Cho, I trust you with my entire life. Like, and also, I know that the show was originally going to focus on his adventures with baby Luke, and then they changed it to with Leia. And I'm like, again, like, a big thing I have always complained about is the fact that, like, we have never focused on Leia again and again and again and again for various reasons. And I'm like, and now we... I'm so used to, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with this. Like, this is so nice. <laughs> and not only that, Leia is so, the, 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 she's the, slaying. The actress who plays Leia is fucking acting her ass off. And like, I, I've seen some people being like, oh, she's annoying. Well, first of all, she's a kid. <laughs> she's going she's to 10. be annoying. Um, but also followed by like, if she was acting any other way, people would be saying that they are mischaracterizing Leia. So like, I just think that, I, is her name Vivian? Yeah. Vivian Blair or something. Vivian is, she is putting everything into this and she's just, it's so good. I think what Mel said about this being like a recontextualization of Obi-Wan's life and times is really good because like, yeah, Padme doesn't have much of a presence in Star Wars after her death. And that's also largely because like in the movies that we see these characters, like they're not really going to talk about her because she didn't exist when it was being written. So I think this is actually like a really good place for them to talk about her as a character after her death with the characters who knew her. And I will also say this, um, young Leia is a spitting image of the Leia that we meet in uh, A New Hope, which I I love because like, I think she feels so like the actress, she really gets like the wit of it all down. Like the, she's so good at it. And I feel also like, I just loved having the scenes between her and Bale and Brea. Like they actually feel like people who are a family that like we never got to see. Um, and I really liked that. Also, speaking of Bail Organa and speaking of Owen Lars, this is this episode is like the Scott Pilgrim of Star Wars. Like it's Obi Wan and his evil exes, but they're not evil. They're just like his exes. <laughs> I have been saying Obi Wan and the Lars family polycule for years. Yeah, and but- only now is it coming to fruition. And I will say, if I see any of you saying anything about Owen Lars, he was popping his pussy. You cannot come for him. Okay. Yeah. That I am just, I am saying Owen Lars, let's take a look at him in a new hope. Luke is like, I want to go 
to the academy. What academy does Luke want to go to? Quickly, what academy is Luke trying to go to? The Imperial Academy. The Imperial Academy, right. So Owen is like, bitch, you are not going to that. I'm not letting you go to that. So keep that in mind. For all of you who are already Owen Lars haters, he said no. The other thing I want to say in this episode, when he was like, I don't care about the Jedi. I don't like the Jedi. I'm just trying to protect my family. First of all, girlies, he is not just like, oh, I, he's hating on Obi-Wan for no reason. He is being like, oh, you are literally an inquisitor who is threatening to kill my family. I'll say whatever. Like, guy, yeah, fuck the Jedi. Like, whatever. I just want to protect my, my literal child that I've been taking care of. And also like, this is not like an anti-Obi-Wan thing or like, oh, why'd they do this? I think it's just an important part of context of the story. Imagine someone shows up with the child of your ha- your stepbrother who you've met once and is like, I'm leaving this baby with you. I'm going to go sit in the desert, but I'm going to keep an eye on you. I'd be probably a little off. Also, the baby has probably has powers. Also, the baby probably has powers and people are hunting him. I would probably be extremely overprotective of that child as well. And I think that Owen being like, hey, you know, like, I don't know that much about the Jedi, considering I have been from an outer rim planet that has notoriously little Jedi presence. And again, not me being like, oh, fuck the Jedi. This is just like a a general thing. The Jedi were not on Tatooine. So Owen has never had the ability to see like, oh, the good the Jedi do. So he is like, okay, no. After the Jedi, like there's a big thing about, oh, what are the Jedi, whatever. My life has always been kind of shitty. So I'm going to do whatever I have to, to protect this kid from falling to the same fate that the Jedi fell to. And I think that that piece of context is really important when we talk about why Owen is acting the way he is. I will also just say this uh, to his defense. As an Obi-Wan enjoyer, I'm like, can you leave your ex-boyfriend alone? Like, I get that you're mad at him, but like, calm down. However, I will say this. um, This is not the High Republic. And I can imagine that it'd be very difficult to be like a Jedi supporter by the time of the end of the Clone War. Like, like, realistically, what have the Jedi done for the people of the galaxy by the end of the Clone War? Okay, so I actually, this is completely, like, both on topic and unrelated. Um, I recently saw this TikTok by this gentleman, I forgot his name, but he brought up this great point about the way that the Clone Wars frames the Jedi in the background. Um, Palpatine on multiple occasions is shown on Coruscant being like, don't, like, basically saying don't blame the Jedi, which is this great political tool that is like, keeping them in the public sphere as like, oh, well, they're the ones who are perpetuating this war. Like, of course you should fucking hate them. Well, not saying that, but also saying that. Love a good dog whistle. Um, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that that is exactly, sorry, that that is to your point. No, yeah, that's, but that's, that's my thing is like, I can imagine it would be very difficult for most people to be like huge supporters of the Jedi, especially with Ollie was saying, like the last time the Jedi were really like had a presence on Tatooine was when they were like, we want that little boy. <laughs> and then they leave. Like, and the only just- other time, the only other time, sorry, not to interrupt. The only other time was when Anakin showed up and was like, hey, I'm your yeah. stepbrother. Also, I'm going to kill a bunch of bitches in the desert, probably making them a lot more hostile t- towards you. Um, okay. Oh, our step, your stepmom is dead. Bye. Never yeah. comes back. Like, no, it's it's very that. And I, I mean, like, I I'm a defender of the Jedi. I'm a defender of what we want. I love. I I have fondness for them both. But contextually, it's very hard to imagine that the common people would be like, oh hell yeah, the Jedi. And also, uh, Palpatine 
RuPaul is strutting the runway with propaganda, like daily basis. And I think that that's something about, um, I think about committing a genocide, but like the thing about the remo- the structural removal of a people from society is that generally speaking, it necessitates that the majority of the people are probably on board with that. And like Mel was saying with this whole thought of like framing the Jedi as perpetuating the war, them turning out to be traitors against you and your people and the Republic. Yeah, that sells really well and really fast. I don't think that's what happened with Owen because clearly he's not like, like if he hated Obi-Wan enough, he would have just been like, yeah, he's right there. Like it's it's him like in the corner, like he's right there. But I do think it's weird to hold people in the Star Wars universe after the Clone War to the standard of like, why don't you like the Jedi? Really? For me, I don't even think it was even about the Jedi. I think it was actually quite personal between the two of them in that in that moment. Well, because um, they kiss on the mouth and then they, they yeah. don't anymore. So there's also there's a conversation quite like this in the comics. Um, in the middle of Star Wars twenty uh, Star Wars twenty fifteen, um, there's this kind of journals from Ben Kenobi, um, thing where he's like writing stories. Um, fun fact: if you were a listener of this podcast, um, and you um may have heard the um episode where we talked about Yoda's stupid little toes um that comes from one of the journals of ben kenobi where um obi-wan is writing down a story that yoda told him about when yoda was it's not it's actually not a good comic um the one that that story comes from anyway so in one of the in in one of the actually good comics um owen has this conversation with him not in the town but like he comes to his little hut basically to confront um obi-wan and instead of saying like oh like you trained him he says something far worse uh and he i was like damn drag his ass uh where he's like oh something like oh so you can get another skywalker killed or something like that and i was like holy shit like he's popping his pussy in in that comic too um but i think okay i thought of it as like owen being like you gave me a job and now you're micromanaging me. Move away. <laughs> um, anyway, and I, this is another cool thing is like, we get to see uh, the contrast between Owen and hopefully Brew um, parenting and then Bale and Bria parenting. And I'm like, oh, I really like that. And also as an aunt myself, um, getting to see uh, Obi-Wan uh, doing complete uh, uncle culture for both Luke and Leia. I may have been screaming, crying, and throwing up, so. Yeah, the the scene where he buys Leia the little gloves, I was like, that's the uncle core. Oh, this is also to say, um, yeah, I, I think this kind of focus in on the, the, the other characters that we're seeing in this show are, like, both highlighting Obi-Wan's strengths, but also bring to light some of his like flaws um in this, in, in this time period of this part of his life. Um, because we see, like, how he's so protective of, of Luke. And then uh, Bale is like, hey, my daughter did just get kidnapped. Can you please go get her, please? And he's like, no, I have to protect Luke. And he's like, okay, well, fuck you. She is also just as important. And just like the general, like, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I, I really liked the way that the, these relationships are contrasting each other. Yeah, something about that too. I think, first of all, I want to say thank you to everyone who made that line possible um, of... Bale being like she's just as important as he is. My jaw hit the floor. I was no. like, go off, Deborah Cho. It was so slay. Um, but the other thing too, I really like about that, I adore about that scene is when Bale is like, okay, um, it's not about Luke. Like, 
yes, of course, your job is to protect Luke, but it's not about Luke. This is about Anakin. And Anakin is, is gone. You can't save him. And I think that there is something very like important to be said there in that it's like, okay, yeah. Like Obi-Wan's story being one of redemption is really interesting and that his own, not necessarily that he is like in need of redemption. Like I think a lot of people are like, oh, whose fault was it that Anakin fell? I don't think that you can do that. I think the whole point of Anakin's story is that he was destined to fall from the moment he stepped foot in the, like the moment he was born, honestly. Like the there duel was, of the fates was like the whole thing of, will he remain? Yeah. What side will he remain on? Yeah. So it's like he, I don't think that there's anything Obi-Wan could have done to save Anakin. But I, so I do think that kind of framing it as Obi-Wan being like, I need to make his devotion to Luke being like, I need to make up for what I did to Anakin. And then having Bale be like, hey, dude, what happened to Anakin happened already. And there's nothing you can do to change it. So you need to focus on the world as it is. And with that reference, looking at the Obi-Wan that we see in A New Hope, I think is really neat because that guy is a lot more like levity than this Obi-Wan. That guy is clearly, he doesn't live in just like a fucking cave in the side of the wall. Like he has built a life for himself, albeit small and separate, but he has built a life for himself. And I think that, I think that a prediction I kind of have for this show, a prediction I have is that Obi-Wan will finally be like, you're right. There's, he finds out Anakin is alive. And then he's like, okay, there's nothing that I personally can do. And this is not my fault. So despite the fact that I was responsible, et cetera, et cetera. And when he finally lets that go is when he is going to be able to connect with Qui-Gon and go through his training to achieve, <laughs> achieve Star Wars Nirvana and become a force ghost. Well, and I think I said when uh, we were watching the episode, something that I loved about what Bail Organa said, where he was like, you need to let that shit go, was kind of like, Something I love about Padme that clearly she learned from Bale um, is like, and something I love in general is when non-Force user characters are more Jedi than the Jedi themselves when they're interacting with a Jedi. And that was a very big moment of him being like, you need to let this attachment go or this, this attachment to your grief, this attachment to this duty that you think you have to Luke, because it's not to Luke, it's to Anakin. Let's be honest. You see Anakin when you see him. Um, I was like, damn, is your name Cantum Psy? Because you just Bail Organa. I am I am obsessed with Bail Organa. Um, <laughs> I love him so much, and um, I just I love moments like that where, and I believe there are moments in in comics and stuff where like there are when Jedi have to learn something about being a Jedi or be reminded of that from a non Force user. I I love that stuff. Also, just to you know what's funny to me, there's two kids, and. Obi-Wan is now having to like bust back and forth to help take care of both of them. Yeah. And so Yo Obi-Wan gets to, has to take care of and watch over both of the kids and get a fucking job and live by himself in the desert. Yet Yoda gets to do, go in a retirement and sit in the swamp. Yoda has, why doesn't, why isn't Yoda like in a swamp on Alderaan okay. looking over, looking over Leia? To be fair that what I will say in, on Yoda's behalf, you see a, an old crusty man taking care of a child. That's one thing you see a little green devil taking care of a child. You're probably going to, if someone was like, have you seen a little green bitch running around? Like it's probably going to be a bit more noticeable. Like Yoda was like, he, he, could be hiding. 
He could be hiding unless something really bad happens. Like, he's he's too busy making money on feetfinder.com. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, Obi-Wan is going absolutely motherfucking through it. And he has to do everything that's got in him. And this is, I mean, this is kind of a, a thing about Obi-Wan's character in general. Is that, like, he was, like, 19 and Qui-Gon was like, hey, can you take care of this kid? And he was like, huh? And then, like, the rest of his life was fucked up from then. <laughs> he's and like, can like, you become a 25-year-old dad? And he said... <laughs> he was like what um like and it keeps happening to him and like it's it's and now and now and they're now they're like hey can you go like help this kid and he's like i when did i ever ask to be a parent when <laughs> and it's just quite funny to me anyway <laughs> like if i was obi-wan i would have so much resentment towards like yoda and whatever to be like can you stop stop I know that Yoda in the High Republic is great with kids. I am not of the belief that Yoda in the Clone Wars is fit to be a guardian of a young child anymore. I don't think he wants to. He looked tired. He looked like that little guy is exhausted. If any of you have read the um, High Republic Bake Off, which is the best piece of Star Wars media ever made, um, Yoda had been wanting to go to that like Jedi senior home for so long. And they were like, can you keep doing stuff? And he's like, no, I really can I please? I constantly think about how in Attack of the Clones, Obi-Wan does refer to Coruscant as the old folks' home. Yeah. When does he do that? Um, So um, when he um, is trying to send a message back from Kamino of, like, what's going on, he's like, send the message to the old folks' home. Are you fucking with me? That's not a joke. (laughs) How do I not remember this? How do I not remember this? I also don't remember this. Am I making this up? Are we being gaslit? Are you meant to love it? I swear this happened. Mel is fucking with us. I'm not. I no. That, that is not. That is not the face. That is not the face of liar. Mel, I somebody bring up the script of Attack of the Clones right now. I have it. Hang on. Anyways, Anyways. hang on. I found. First the of all, first of all. He does call it the it's it's the code name for for Cor- the code name for the Coruscant Temple is the old folks home. I'm yeah, the exact line is he says scramble code five to Coruscant care of the old folks home. He what? does say that. He says it to Camino <laughs> to his little R5 droid. Oh, okay. Mel, I really thought you were fucking with us. Why would I, I lie about that? Because I don't you know. I, your I, Joker didn't era. You were, I didn't think you were lying. I was just deeply, deeply, deeply confused. It was like, why would he say that? But he did. Anyway, um, I... yeah, the other, there were some other sleighs in this episode. Notably, one of them was not um, that little fucked up Jedi guy in the desert being like, help me. And everyone was like, no. And then he died. Um, that was a bit of a, all... that was not a very slave on Obi-Wan. In fact, that it, was not very a, pussy of him. From a certain point of view, it was a little too slay. Yeah. Okay. To be fair, he could have gone up to him and like, my guy, I am in hiding. And the two yeah, of us he being did. close to each other would have been real bad. Like, well, to be I, fair, I the, Jedi like question, the Jedi in question did come up with like a bullhorn and they were like, hey, I'm a Jedi and I, I need to fight. I heard you were always one Kenobi. And he's like, you're going to get me fucking Unfortunately, murdered. Unfortunately, that is Ezra Bridger core. <laughs> no, this- so true. <laughs> no, I was like, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan is like, um, with that Jedi, it's like when my, uh, my parents would like take me to a restaurant when I was a kid and they would be like, you're this age. So that you are under the uh, under the uh, under the, the the kids meal limit, and then I would be like, "What age am I?" Like really loud. <laughs> and my mom's like, "God fucking damn." No, it's very that, but yeah, no, that happened. Um, I will also say, what was, I'm trying to remember the order of events in this episode, but I really can't. Can oh, I? fucking Leia, kid Leia read that read her cousin for. 
filth. Like her, he was left cousin... on the floor bleeding to death. <laughs> I mean, and it, we know that a part of it is that like she is force sensitive, but also like she gets. I just think mom. she's just like that. Like she's she's, just... she's living with the Organas, and she has had Mama Amadella's blood in her. Yeah, and I love the part that was like Bria being like, "Can you deal with your daughter?" And Bale is definitely having one of those dad moments of like, "Okay, but she kind of sl- like I don't want to tell her off because like she was kind of right, but now I have to like." be a parent and be like don't be an asshole um but like she was kind of right um and i i i love i love that it was very it was very realistic i i did love when her cousin was like why are you white (laughs) i mean i also i don't know my thing that i liked about her and bale's relationship is that i felt like it was very um it was very typical of like father and daughter moments uh and i just i don't know here's what i would say um I really believed that they that they like were father and daughter in those scenes. I was like, y'all have like the perfect amount of interaction to make me be like, oh, I love that. Like, it was very slay. I will say, uh, Leia getting kidnapped by three random dudes was hilarious because and the I was guy like, from the, Who the Red Hot Chili Peppers. You will put some respect on Flea's okay. name, okay? I, I was, okay, I was gonna say it, but like. <laughs> the rat tail was a lot. And you know what? Now, because it was on Flea, it was Slay. Okay, but like Thundercat in the Book of Boba Fett and then Flea in this. I'm like, I said this on TikTok, but I was like, okay, so when do I get to see Bad Bunny in Andor? Like, <laughs> so true. I was gonna I was gonna suggest Florence Welsh of Florence and the Machine. <laughs> so true. She's gonna be in the Ahsoka no, series. Guys, they're accumulating bassists. <laughs> Guys, it's bassists. Who is like, uh, keep an eye out. If you're like uncle's a bassist or something, he may appear in Star Wars. Be careful. <laughs> um, I, okay. Another thing that I thought was very funny was this. It's like, I'm really looking forward to finding out how does Reva know that Vader is Anakin? Because at this point, the only people who know other than Anakin himself, that Anakin is Vader are Palpatine, Tarkin, and Thrawn. <laughs> okay. And I actually know how this happens. So they have a Slack group chat, okay? No, they have a Tarkin, WhatsApp. No. Yeah, Tarkin, Palpatine, and Vader have a WhatsApp group chat just for planning purposes. And one time Palpatine jokingly was like, LOL, little orphan Annie. And then he actually texted that directly to Reva instead because there's also an Inquisitor group chat and he missed it by like this much. And then she was like, what? He was like, you can't tell anyone. He'll never forgive me if he finds out that I told you, okay? It'll be our little secret. But now- because of who she is. She's on Twitter going like, you guys will never believe what I know about oh, Lord uh, Vader. O-O-M-F. He's <laughs> Anakin Skywalker. No, literally. She's getting brought into Inquisitor HR and they're like, hey, so like, we we don't know what this tweet is about. Like, nobody here that works here knows. Like, What is the social media policy for Inquisitors quickly? I don't think they're allowed to have it. I think Fifth Brother is posting whole on his Twitter. Fifth Brother um, has an OnlyFans. I have a theory. I would love to know. So my theory is that I have two theories. One is that Reva saw him during Order 66 at the temple and was like, bitch, what the fuck? Um, and then saw Vader again and was like, you are the same bitch. My other thought is that Reva, because here's the thing. We know that Darth Vader trained some of the Inquisitors himself. All of them. But I think some of, not all of them, but a lot of them. So what I think could be possible is Reva sees Anakin at work, like during Order 66 at the temple, right? She gets brought in as an Inquisitor. 
she gets trained by Darth Vader. And as Darth Vader is training her, she's like, I have seen this shit before and is like, hey, just like quick question. Are you? Then he gets mad at her because he's like, don't say that. That's not who I am anymore. And he's like, you're done. I'm not talking to you because you said that shit. That's not who I am. She's like, cool. So now in order to get favor with Lord Vader again, I'm going to capture Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm. I I could see that. I could also see it being panning out in a couple of different ways. Option A, that. Option B, um, because the another part of the Inquisitoris is that they're constantly being um, pitted against one another, is that Palpatine did give her this information, but no one else, so no one else believes her. And she's like, okay, well, fuck you guys. I'm going to fucking prove it. If I bring his little bestie, shit will happen. It's the WhatsApp group chat theory. It's exactly that. <laughs> it's the WhatsApp group chat theory and or the saddest Andor? one. Andor? Andor. Yeah, Cassie and Andor told her. Um, <laughs> that's actually Andor season one. Anyways, the, the third and saddest option, I think, is that while training her, Vader is reminded of Ahsoka and just like her steadfastness and like her like... Oh, yeah, her you her ethic, me. and so he's like, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> "Hey guys, it's me, Anakin." <laughs> Don't tell anyone. I, uh, so I I I like the theory of like they like to pit them against each other, or whatever. And I, Palpatine loves to do play little mind games, so I could see him like purposely leaving out leaving out the information where she can find it and being like, and he's like, he sees her, he sees he cc'd her on an email. <laughs> He no, he BCC'd her on an email, and everyone blind copy. Yeah, she thinks it's an accident, but it's not. Um, and so, and he's like, I wonder how she found that one out because okay, so I've read a lot of the Vader comics, and like basically the way that Vader finds out about the Inquisitorius, and then um um Palpatine has this other project as well where he's like training some Force users to like basically replace Vader if if Vader ever dies or whatever. Is like he's always trying to like and and with the Inquisitors, he's like. Hey, so I was making this whole Inquisitorious and you have to manage it. Have fun. So he's always like doing little things to like piss off Anakin. And Anakin always feels like he's Vader. It feels like he's always going to get replaced. That's why he also doesn't like the, the Death Star because he feels like he's getting replaced. Um, and um, I just think it would be very on brand for him to be like, why don't I spice that up a little bit? You got to keep them all on their toes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So hear me out on this. You know how on RuPaul's Pod Race, the Drag Race show, popular one, um, they have all, they have like guest judges, but like RuPaul will introduce them like a little joke, like the hilarious Ross Matthews. Yeah. Okay. I've seen it there. I invested this. However, however, what if during one of his little zippy one-liners, he just makes a joke about Anakin Skywalker and Vader's on camera. Like, uh, I don't know who that is. That's, but that's kind of what he does in the Thrawn novel in front of Thrawn. Like that's, he does it with Thrawn and, and Vader and Vader's just like, joke it and he's like he makes a little funny like throwing, it's like, a reveal oh. it's like, a reveal and reva is there <laughs> and reva is on the main stage and she's like did anyone else catch that like did anyone else i'm just i'm just saying i'm just saying revealed to her in secret perhaps or okay you know how on all stars they have a little tube of lipstick to decide who to, who to eliminate <laughs> okay <laughs> so she opened up this box and it's like Anakin skywalker darth vader and she's like in my in my hand i have one lipstick and this is the person who's committed so hard to art. Like she's like eliminating Darth Vader from Drag Race. And then she flips it and it says Anakin Skywalker. She's like, that's not what I picked. And Palpatine's like, mm-hmm, yeah. And then Vader has to leave the main stage. 
because he's been eliminated <laughs> from RuPaul's Padres. And he's like, well, let the music play. <laughs> Which of the Inquisitors do you think would win in a lip sync for their, for their life? Quizzy. I, You're I telling me think... every day of his life is not a performance? Trilla. Not the kind that win a competition. Uh, <laughs> I will say this. Um, I think fourth brother, or no, okay. uh, fifth brother. I think fifth brother could actually possibly slay. I, think I will say sister. this though. I agree so completely. She's the okay. one played by Sarah Michelle Gellar in in the first couple seasons of No Ninth Sister. Ninth Sister is, no, is um, Masonatide. She's the Doatin from Fallen Order. Oh, okay, who's the one yeah. who who is with Fifth Brother in Rebels? Seventh Sister? Seventh yeah. Sister. She. I feel like she would dominate. I feel like yeah, she yeah, but then she'd say something just like a little bit too out of pocket, and it would be like, yeah. oh, I do. Okay, I do she think she queen. also. I don't. I think she wouldn't know the words to the song. Like yeah. her dance moves would be great, but you notice her covering her mouth a lot while she's doing it. I will say this: I know definitively that Trilla Sidiri would clear Inquisitor That's what Drag I was Race. Saying. Absolutely, like she would ruin their lives. What else do I, you want to discuss? I liked a lot of episode two. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I loved all the sequences on the planet. I loved that Obi Wan's solution to getting out of the his little tussle with the robbers uh, was to drug them. I found that quite funny. We gotta um, cook, Obi Wan. <laughs> Not only that, okay, sorry, this is completely unrelated. I'm so sorry to bring us on another tangent. However, um, that scene where he throws the fucking glitter stem on the ground, I was like, so true that he is, he, Obi-Wan is Lorna decoded, I fear. He is! Um, <laughs> Lorna I, have, I love that. Um, I think also Obi-Wan, the, the way that I was like, Mr. Kenobi, <laughs> bitch, this is not going well. <laughs> Yeah. I just I would could I was like oh my god where's Jesse? <laughs> Wait no okay Jesse is Leia. <laughs> no Leia we gotta cook. <laughs> is I that just... not what he says? <laughs> Leia we've got I... to cook. <laughs> I would just say this I did not have Obi Wan goes through a meth lab on my bucket list for this show and yet here we are. No as soon as he walked in I was like is he in a meth lab and then he's I was like. <laughs> literally isn't a meth lab also I, I love the there were a couple of parallels with uh Din Djarin um in that one scene when he's like having a fight with with the little guys it's kind of like when Din Djarin kind of got his shit rocked um it, it's, it's kind of <laughs> like so whenever there's been a fight in this enclosed no, area no it's it, a lot like the hallway scene from Daredevil when you think about no no it. no because no the, in the hallway scenes in Daredevil Daredevil is slaying like like he's kind of rusty and it's kind of like this is a lot like Netflix's The Defenders if you think about stop, it no stop I know away. I was saying like when when Din is trying to use the dark saber and he's like not doing so hot in that in in that scene in the book of Boba Fett when he's kind of not slaying it was kind of like that because they're trying to well they were trying to show like obi-wan obi-wan can throw hands but he's 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 rusty um but i thought it was also funny that um um they both take uh public transit from tatooine um and (laughs) it's quite funny to me that you know in a pre not pre-empire but in the empire era you know obi-wan can just get on there not you know there's no tsa there's whatever in a post-empire world Din Djarin has to go to the TSA. He's got to take off his shoes. He's, he has to take off everything. Like, it, it's... it's um, who in Star Wars has TSA pre-check? Obi-Wan Kenobi, Kenobi, apparently. And Devo. I Devo. feel like Craig Dooku would have had TSA pre-check. He created TSA pre-check in the, in the separate. Are you... No, 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 He does the interview. Are you serious right now? Are you, are you saying that, that Craig Dooku was responsible for TSA Absolutely. Craig Dooku formed the TSA. <laughs> no. Yeah, he did he, the Patriot he, Act. No. A bushification <laughs> the... of Craig Dooku? 
Who was guys, throwing their shoe? Who was guys, throwing their guys. shoe at Craig Duke? <laughs> we can't. Canonically, guys, unfortunately, is, is canonically, Craig it is Duke Anakin. <laughs> is Craig Duke George W. Bush coded? Okay, but like. No, 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 no! Please, please, no! Don't do Christopher Lee like that, Christopher Lee. I'm so sorry, girl. No, but I would just say this on the on the note of of Obi Wan being a little bit out of practice. I liked that he wasn't that good at using the force. I always liked that he was like, I'm actually not going to take Reva in a straight fight because presently I might lose actually like super hard. Somebody noticed that was a really cool uh, like detail. Also, was that he punches the Zabrak and then he's bleeding because like Zabraks have fucking horns. <laughs> it was really giving when he when he tried to kick Grievous and then was like, "Oh, my little shin hurted." <laughs> I'm just very listen, funny. listen. It's a lot like call me Jess. I have to bring him up. Cody could have done it. So Cody would have been fine. Absolutely. Cody kicked the shit, punched oh. the shit out of some battle droids and was fine. Cody could have punched a zap, kicked a Zabrak in the head, and he would have been fine. He was thinking about Cody in that moment, and he was like, I'm not as good uh, as Cody to be at fair, this. He, to be fair, he was already thinking about Cody because he did see that clone veteran oh. gentleman. Oh, boy. Let's I, You discuss. know what? It's so funny. I was so sad. Um, beep, 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 beep. It's me, the spirit of Jess. I'm here to do clone watch. We did it, guys. Congrats, everyone. We did it. Happy clone watch. It, 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 we had Tem as a clone from the 501st. Let's go. Yeah, it's quite sad. Um, so I did not even think about the fact that he might be th- like, I was like, oh, he's shaken. But I got so I got so invested in seeing clone that I completely forgot that that's what Obi-Wan was think- had pro- was probably in his mind. I, I completely blacked that out. So you've just made me very sad. Well, because also there was a tweet and I can't remember who it was. I mean, I've seen it from a couple of different accounts actually. That, like the last time that he saw a clone canonically was when Cody handed him his lightsaber and then shot him off a cliff. So this is not like, like I'm just saying he was probably immediately brought back there and been like, I miss my husband. Like I'm just, and here's my thing. I have not thought about Commander Cody in a hot second. Like, cause I just, I have not. However, uh, seeing Tem as a clone, I was like, please for the first time since cody yeah and i was like okay also i found it interesting because we don't get to see a whole lot of of like random clone like we see characters that we know after the war but i was like okay can someone help this little gentleman like can someone please give him money well i mean that was somebody was talking about like oh my god we see a homeless clone whatever and like he's a i was like yeah, breaking news. Star Wars has always been a commentary on the military industrial complex and the clones especially have been one about like how we treat veterans and use them as our pawns and then throw them away. I mean, that is something that is kind of essentially going to be a, a big part of the Bad Batch, but now we are seeing it 10 years later and he is a clone who is still alive. Um so I'm like, yeah, um, huge news. And again, this is something that I really like about the show is that like we are deeply rooted in Star Wars. We are not like ignoring random things. We just have all, all this stuff. And, you know, this one's this one's for the Clone Wars stands. But also it makes se- it's just a thing that makes sense. It's not like, ooh. And this is what I always think of when people are like, oh, like I hate cameos or whatever. I'm like, no, like this is this makes sense. This is a thing that we we should be covering is if there are clones out there obi-wan what happens if obi-wan encounters one i and also you know now of course i'm like oh i hope 
we see more I hope we see more clones or at least or we have a reference to them whether it's a flashback or a vision or whatever I hope we do I hope this is not our 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 one little <laughs> this one's for you guys and and that's it um but I do fear that that is it and then I will be very sad um but him being from the 501st especially because this is about his relationship with Anakin is oh I was not well yeah I will say, honestly, I went in being like, well, whatever happens, happens. I was honestly not expecting to see that many clones or any clones because I don't have, unfortunately, I don't want to say I don't have faith in Star Wars. That's not what I mean. But I think Claudia said it earlier is that it's like you go in with low expectations. So even seeing a clone, I was like, wow, this is so exciting. I would like to thank the Academy. Another thing I want to touch on, um, this is just following up on what Claudia said, is that I think that we as a fandom sometimes need to remember what a cameo actually is um, because a cameo is when it's like, oh, haha, look, we just saw that person standing on the side of the road. Like a cameo is Stanley and Marvel movies being like, oh, Stanley was standing on the side of the road, not a throwaway line. There, a cameo, there, was, a, there like, was an actual cameo in one of these episodes. The, the, yeah. the, the pink haired, the pink haired they them who walked up and tried to give Obi-Wan drugs. Um, That was his actual daughter. Ewan um, McGregor's daughter. Yeah. Ewan McGregor's actual that's daughter. A, that's a cameo. What isn't a cameo is a character who shows up and is important to the plot. Like Hera in the Bad Batch was not a cameo. Like seeing a clone here is setting the scene. It is not just like a cameo. And I think that we need to just recontextualize that because we use the word a lot because like, we're not being like, oh, Bail Organa is a cameo here. Like that is not correct. I think the ideal distinction to me, and I'm glad you brought up like Marvel and Stanley, is that a cameo is like explicitly for the for the audience and not for the characters. Yeah. And like a character that lives in the universe showing up is not a cameo. I will say that there are times where I'm like, okay, they they don't matter here. Like I don't know what they're doing in this story, but like the characters that I feel are going to show up around Obi Wan outside of who's are we've already seen are important to the narrative that they're telling about him. One critique that I know some of us had of this episode um, and something we do want to talk just a little bit about is Reva's characterization. Um, I think that there is something to be said about how like, oh, it's it's cool to see a woman and a black woman be in this in this position and as a main character and doing making moves like she is. But there is something to be said about having your first major black female character being framed at least in this first these first two episodes as extremely aggressive and constantly talked down to by everyone around her and I think one question I have a lot about that is like how intentional is that because I feel like the conversation that she has with the Grand Inquisitor where he's like you are nothing because we don't have context that we might get later it really does feel like he's just being violently racist which may be the point. It may be that it's trying to make a commentary, but it's really jarring and it's really hard to see because it's Star Wars and we don't have conventional racism like that. So I think that is, it's it's kind of challenging if you put, like it's hard to divorce the stereotypes and the harmful tropes that we have from this piece of media. Yeah, and I, and I think to that to that same exact point, also we do know, that the Inquisitors are pitted against one another. And so that kind of language is that the types of things to break down a person, right? To to tell them that they are nothing. That is not justifying it and saying, oh, well, it's fine that <laughs> that happened because it still did feel not great. Um, 
but yeah, to, to also your point earlier, um, there is something to say of, I feel like we have this um, desire often to like, not sanitize black women, but to put them on a pedestal and like hold them to a higher standard of like, no, they need to be doing good. They need to be the like moral center. Um, it's okay for, for Reva to be bad and to, to be a baddie. However, <laughs> you, there's a line to skirt of like, okay, how much of this is also playing into just like tired narratives about angry black women? Yeah, um, I think actually a good, I, I think a good example of the, the um, like the middle ground there uh, is Trilla, who is Afro-Latina and is a black woman, is fun and evil and like gets to be all those things. But the narrative in Fallen Order never portrays her as hyper aggressive or as over overly angry or any of the things that we've already seen be associated with Third Sister. And like, like Ali was saying, we can't really know yet per se because before a story is complete before we have all the context it's difficult to say what it is I think for me I just like it felt bad like it just it felt bad to watch and obviously this is a podcast where we support and believe in the the rights of evil women because we enjoy them very very deeply and I think that it's important that she get to be that I just I guess I just didn't like the way that it felt to watch I was just like oh I don't love that yeah, I, I hope the way that it is fixed is, you know, number one, we show her backstory and that she is justified in her being just, I gotta, I gotta get his ass. Um, and that everyone around her kind of shitting on her for that, that they're a piece of shit for saying that. Like, I, I, I'm hoping that the narrative supports that and that it's, it's not the way that we have seen it just on the surface. And then also I hope that we get like, not not her winning obviously she's not gonna win because Obi-Wan is gonna live but like but but like her impressing like Vader is like that Vader is impulsive just just Vader is like that and and doesn't have any control and whatever and I hope that we get the like Vader values Vader gives her a promotion because he values her in her job for for you know that that's not a bad that's not that not a bad thing or whatever Vader's like I approve of women's wrongs um no no um, because the idea that the Reva doesn't die in the Kenobi series um she just gets hired she get just gets to go up to middle management like she just becomes yeah. like a moth like he's like no yeah. you're good actually you don't need to moth? Get out, of the, get out yeah. of the fucking That'd be Inquisitor very grind. Sly, actually. Get out of the Inquisitor grind. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to give you... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give you Tatooine. Be in charge there for a while. No. Oh, my God. Oh, okay, no. That no, is like... Because here's, here's the thing. No, he pulls her to a meeting and he's like, hey, um, I noticed that you've been doing really, really well recently. And I just want to let you know that in a couple weeks here, um, I'm going to imprison the Grand Inquisitor in a fate worse than death. And I'm just saying that if you maybe want to hop out of the game now, maybe go up to Moff, you know, get a more comfortable position. You can keep the lightsaber that's fine by me. I just, you know, it's got way better benefits. I mean, you get a throne and she's like, okay. You get dental. Yeah. yeah for... do, do the Inquisitors have health insurance? No, no. They, they markedly, they, 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 okay. so they actually markedly <laughs> do have health care because part of the Inquisitor process is maiming them in some way, uh, canonically. Like there's a bitch who gets like her hand cut off and Vader's like, hee, 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 hee. okay, yeah. anyways, you're Inquisitor now. But I don't think they have dental. 
No, I, okay, she gets dental and also Vader's like, you also get, and this is between you and me, you get way more PTO. Like, you can take a vacation. They get unlimited, she's like, you they, sold me a dental. Wait, the Inquisitors, they're like, they have unlimited PTO, but they have the problem of that, like, you're pressured to never take it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I was gonna, I, I was gonna say that, like, um, so w- when you made that joke earlier about um, the Inquisitor being imprisoned in a fate worse than death, for those of you who have not read the comics, um, that reference is that. So the Inquisitor at the end of a- um, Rebels season one, um, he falls and and dies in a passion um, in into a fire. But if you read uh, the comics, I believe it's Star Wars twenty twenty. Um, or I'm sorry, Darth Vader 2020, um, we find that uh, he has been resurrected in some way as this like burned, not forced, he's not a forced ghost, but he's like, he's alive. Horrible, vis- horrible he's, visage of Quizzy. Yeah, basically Vader used the force to like suspend him. I'm sorry, a quizzage, if you will? A quizzage, yes. Um, Like basically sus- suspend him infinitely as an infinitely burning mirage in like an old Jedi temple to use as a trap. So in Rebels, um, we have, uh, it's very similar to how they used um, Luminara's remains to rotted corpse yeah they use her remains to make a a ghost in order to to or to fake a a ghost in order for as a trap for the jedi they do the same with quizzy um and they hold him in suspended animation burning to death forever in a um in a uh former high republic uh high republic reference former high republic um jedi temple and um actually luke uh luke meets quizzy in the comics because he um he is lured there because he is searching for information about the jedi and he learns about a high republic temple and he goes there and quizzy is just there fucking burning to death um because he's like, like well can't ha- i hate mondays <laughs> literally um and it is he's like damn i'm not getting any of my pto <laughs> he's like uh, it's 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 fucking crazy it, it is crazy thinking about that while it is just funny to me where he's like reva you suck whatever and i'm like honey you got a big storm coming <laughs> i like being i also like them being like being like oh my god reva you're so aggressive and then they're like um also quizzy is like i'm going to torture <laughs> like literally like 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 Remember? less than a year from now, I'm gonna yeah. go torture. Well, I it might be and kind like, of it might be kind of like Thrawn, where like something happens where he just kind of becomes unhinged after that. Like, where's the, where's the quizzy ascendancy? <laughs> the quizzendency. It's Uda Pau. No, they don't want him there. Uda Pau ra- rising. Anyways, we were talking they about don't Reva. Claim him. Uh, it could either go really really badly or really well, and I I am hoping that I can trust Deborah Cho and. You know, obviously, when they when they introduce this character, because we know what happens to Trilla, because we know the, what happens to most of the Inquisitors, I, I did have fear in my heart that I was like, hmm, I do fear that her story is going to be much like Ventress. Uh, this is why also Reva has become one of my favorite characters, because she is, she is acting and moving a lot like Ventress. Um, and I do fear that she's going to have a moment of redemption and then die in a passion. She's going to meet Quinlan Voss. <laughs> no, 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 Quinlan, get, get away. That little girl is a child. No. He's not gonna, they're not going to date. He's just going to be like, hey, oh, what's up? Sorry, I was, still, like, I was still thinking about Ventress Parallels in my oh, brain. Yeah, no. was like, no, no. 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 She's um, not going to get a terrible pixie cut either. Don't yeah. do that to Reva. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I, so when she was first introduced, I was like, oh, I really hope that we don't kill this character and she doesn't die in a passion on screen just because she is an inquisitor 
Um, that would that would suck ass. Uh, it would be really cool if so at Star Wars Celebration they just announced that there's going to be a sequel to uh, Fallen Order. Um, and it would be really cool if like she's alive and then she's in the sequel to Fallen Order. That would be real. That would be cool and be neat. Um, Let's franchise Reva. No, literally, I. I think that's the other good part about this is that like I'm living as like a Star Wars fan and just like that this is fun and cool. But also like I have a new Glup Shido. Like she's my everything. To be fair, I don't think she's really a Glup Shido. She is a main character of one of the okay, biggest yeah. TV shows. None of the, okay. none of the other You're gonna tell me can- no. You're gonna tell me that she is a glu- she is in the same category same category as Master Churf Mauta. You're gonna tell me that they are both Glup Shidos on the don't same bring level. Turf into this. <laughs> Turf Malta, I'm so Turf sorry. This. Um, this is also all to say it is very interesting. I th- something is going to have to happen with her vis-a-vis her defection from the Inquisitorius because we know her first name. That is something we don't know of. Literally, mm. well, actually, that's not true. We know Trilla and we know Masana Tide, but that is because like we knew things about like their past, I guess. But like, well, and also at the end, Trilla does decide to leave yeah she just yeah but like yeah. we don't know most of the inquisitors names like for for all we know quizzy's real name could be todd <laughs> just like craig dooku just like craig dooku todd todd, todd and craig besties at large okay also concept quizzy's name is not his name is first name grand last name inquisitor and then darth vader was like that sounds cool as fuck we should name our little guys who hunt force people after you Hey Grand, could you do this for me? <laughs> Master Grand, can we chat? Can we talk one on Also, I just want to give more Inquisi fun facts from the comics. Um, the canonical reason that Quizzy goes to the dark side is literally because Joe Castanew will not let him in certain parts of the library. That's it. That is literally the only reason. Quizzy He's is like, like hashtag I read banned books. No, literally, Quizzy is like Quizzy is like, I want to read about weird shit in the force. And Dorcasanu is like, there are, we keep certain things because this is an archive and it's important to like do things historically, but there are some things that like not everybody should fucking know about. And no, you, you, as some random Jedi Knight, you should not have access to this deep ass Sith Lord fucking no, like there, there, there are things, whatever. And he's like, I mean, and again, it's supposed to be a metaphor for like, you know, you shouldn't like want to possess things and like it's always about like wanting something that you can't have and not being able to let go and that's why you go to the dark side or whatever but then in the comic he like he has a fucking duel with joe casanue over books it's so funny (laughs) um so when do we get to see him um sing having fun isn't hard when you got a library card in the obi-wan kenobi so true i like the arthurfication of quizzy actually no i think arthur is his first name (laughs) that makes joe casanue mr ratbird okay First of all, I don't remember it. I don't remember Mr. Rappern and Arthur having a fight. I don't remember them that yeah, happening. They have a, okay, they have then you aren't, a, you aren't yeah. a true fan. So. Yeah, in the you finale, think I'm not a no. true fan? I know George and Buster were gay before, when I was a child, and you're going to tell fi- me I'm not a real fan? In the finale, there is a trial by combat. In the Arthur finale, there's a trial by combat where Mr. Ratburn does not survive. He does die. They do no, fridge their not gay kill your the fu- Not bury your gaze, Mr. Ratburn. And now we are unfreezing Jess from the carbonite that we have them trapped in so they can share their thoughts on these two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay, hi. I did not write down any um, thoughts. I'm just going off vibes. But it's me, Jess, from the past because, oh wow, it's midnight now. It is now May 27th. 
If the Obi-Wan show hadn't been released early, it would be Obi-Wan time, but it did release early. It released at 9pm Pacific time, so we already saw the episode and now I'm recording my thoughts for, for this episode. I liked it a lot. I'm very glad that they decided to release both episode 1 and episode 2 on the same day. I don't know if the others have touched on this already because, like, I don't know what they're gonna say. I'm glad that they released both episodes because, like, I, I do like the pacing of this, but, like, if I had to, like, wait between episode... after seeing episode 1 and then waiting a week to see episode 2, that would have been, like, a lot because I'd be like, oh, Nar, Leia... Who knows what kind of crazy ideas I would have come up with. I'm very much enjoying it so far. I did go into the show having no expectations because I didn't want to get my hopes up about anything. Except for Cody. I can never um, let go of wanting to, to see Cody. Like, even if I say I don't care, like, deeply inside, I'm like, I hope Cody's here. But anyway, um, we're not talking about that right now. We'll get to that in a bit. But this is... These first two episodes, I feel like, were, were very good. I like how it's setting up, like, oh, look at Obi-Wan's sad depression era, which is a mood. You know, he's living on Tatooine. It doesn't seem like he's currently connected with the Force, or maybe he's kind of like, kind of like Cal Kestis in, like, um, you know, Jedi Fallen Order. Or maybe he's, like, disconnected from the Force because of all the, like, bad stuff that happened. <laughs> which, you know, is fair. Like... It's, that's some traumatic stuff. You had to, like, your whole people got massacred. Well, not all of them, because, you know, the Inquisitors are hunting down Jedi. But then you also, ha like, had to watch your one friend, like, give birth and then die of sadness. And then your other friend, who was, like, a brother to you, you, like, you thought you killed him. That's messed up. So I also would be depressed if I was Obi-Wan. Um, I like this gay little poncho moment. You know, we love Star Wars and gay little poncho moments. I like his little camel friend. I forget what kind of animal that is. A yuppie? I don't know how to pronounce that word, but that was that was a fun thing. I liked when Owen was roasting Obi-Wan, which was, like, rightfully so, because, you know, he is Anakin's stepbrother, and, like, probably Shmi like spent a lot of time talking about like how great her little son was for being a Jedi and he's just like oh cool and then like suddenly you find out this other guy like killed or is the reason why your your cool stepbrother got killed well like you know quote unquote killed because they don't know Anakin's alive you got my stepbrother killed I'm not letting you bring that same fate on to this to this child that I'm supposed to be taken care of so I think um Owen Lars is is justified in his roasting of Obi-Wan Kenobi. What else was I going to talk about? The Inquisitors? Yeah. I I'm worried about like what they're doing with Reva's character. I didn't really like that like the one black woman character is like being portrayed as very like aggressive and mean, but I don't I don't know. But I am, like, curious about why she is the way she is and, like, why she's so obsessed with trying to find Obi-Wan. I mean, I guess they all are. There's a lot of things that confuse me about this because I, I assume that they all thought Obi-Wan was dead. But because, like, in by the, like, Rebels timeline, Rebels timeline, Rebels time, 
it seems like they all are like, oh yeah, Obi-Wan's dead. So maybe we see Obi-Wan fake his death at the end of this. So like that gets the Inquisitors off his back because like right now it does seem like they're like being like, where's Obi-Wan? I was really hoping that they would have the helicopter saber moment. Like that was the one thing I really wanted to see. Uh, they did not helicopter saber. There was many opportunities where they could have like, you know, helicoptered around with the little lightsabers, but nothing yet. There's still four episodes, though, so I'm holding out on the hope of that. Because we did see it spinning. Quizzy killed a guy, and it was spinning. Now we just need to see them fly around. I also was really excited about Brea and Bale and little um, baby Leia. And I'm really excited that they're they're bringing back, you know, one of my favorite Star Wars things of, like... Well, it's not just Star Wars, but, you know, like, gruff depressed man is softened by the love of a child so that's that's fun and also let's give it up for like the sequels fans because freaking obi-wan everyone always everyone always complaining about like ray burying the lightsabers at the end of rise of skywalker on tatooine in the sand but you know what obi-wan did he buried his lightsaber also out there in the middle of the desert in the sand icon king I was also very confused because I was just like, how did you remember where you buried this? This is in the middle of, like, nowhere. Did you save the exact coordinates? Like, when you play Minecraft and <laughs> you have to have the coordinates? Like, when I get lost, I'm like, where are the coordinates for base? My my gamer friends will understand what I'm talking about if you've played Minecraft. <laughs> also, let's bring up another obscure gaming reference. Minecraft isn't even obscure, what am I saying? But another gaming reference, this is obscure gaming reference actually, is um, I loved Obi-Wan um, living his Hataful boyfriend life. <laughs> Hataful boyfriend era um, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I say this because in the game Hataful boyfriend, the main character that you are playing as the the MC, she is a human who lives in a cave. The birds all live in houses, but she lives in a cave. And you know, Obi-Wan is also living in a cave. So, um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Hataful boyfriend era. Did I talk about, like, when I saw Tem and I cried? <laughs> I did cry. Like, I teared up and, like, started, like, um, maniacally laughing. No, that's not the right word, right? Because I was happy and sad. And I was just like, that's, that's Timwara Morrison, where's Cody? Which, um, will now bring me to Cody Watch. Uh, Cody was not there. But, like, seeing my reaction of, like, tearing up of just seeing Timwara Morrison asking for, like, credits on the street as a sad little veteran clone gives me hope that maybe, maybe they'll let him be other clones. Maybe Cody will show up. I should not have such high expectations. But I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Um, I'm also very excited to see where this series goes. Again, I'm trying not to, like, make too many predictions. I'm just trying to go with the flow. Go with the vibes. Just vibing here. And, uh, yeah. That's it. Those are my thoughts. Bye. And now we are putting Jess back into the carbonite. Until next week's episode. Welcome to Name That Ship. This is uh, a fan favorite a segment of ours um, wherein we have searched the dark trenches of AO3 uh, for some of the frankly wildest funniest and sometimes disturbing um, fan fiction and ships that lay in the AO3 Star Wars tag um, you can submit um, fics that you have you have stumbled 
crossed or perhaps have even written um, to us um, in a, the submission form in the show notes. Um, this week I will be starting off um, and I have a submission from um, Salama Lama one on TikTok. Um, they gave me one note and it was just some, honestly, something about this is so powerful. I mean, here's the thing. There are three ships in this, one of which I have no idea who either of the characters are. Slay. Um, one of the polycules, I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay, slay. Um, uh, and then the other one, the ship is just, it took me the fuck out. So, are you all ready? I'm just gonna have you guess the two ships that, like, have characters that I am aware of. Um, the other one I do believe is maybe Boba Fett's ma, not Boba Fett, Jango Fett's mom, question mark? A character named Arla Fett. I don't know if what her deal is. Don't know so, who that is. Yeah. Anyways, uh, relationships are character A, character B. Other character and Mace Windu. Um, Sathy, not, slash, Arla Fett. Character C, character D, character E. Like, all slash. Arla Fett and Dalmev. Um additional tags queer themes queer platonic relationships hurt slash comfort non-sexual intimacy nudity bathing and washing jedi is found family master and padawan relationships trauma established the relationship non-binary character asexuality spectrum asexual character polyamory honeymoon bisexuality trans female character pining relationship advice uh, this is from a fic called queer week 2022 yeah once again i don't think it's like particularly cursed but it's just like the ship the, the, the first ship just totally took me the fuck out. I was like, whoa. Okay, so are these prequels characters, original trilogy, sequel trilogy? Um, I would say the prequel era, yes. Clo- so they're Clone Wars? Do they yes. appear in the Clone Wars more than the prequels? Um, I think, yes. One of the characters, two of the characters have only appeared, well, they their first appearance were in, was in, uh, the, the Clone Wars. Okay, are they... Okay, okay so the first Is one Ahsoka couple... Tano? No. Is one Rex? Yes. Rex is in the Polycule. Slay! Okay. Good for Are him. there any other clones? No. Okay, so Rex is the only clone. What about Jedi? Um, there are two Jedi. Um, they're not they... in a relationship together, though. Okay, are these Jedi, like, characters that we associate with Rex, or are they just kind of there? One of them is. Is it Obi Wan Kenobi? Anakin is in the polycule with Rex. Is it Padme? Okay. Yes. So the the, the polycule is Padme, Anakin, and Rex. Okay, Slay. Okay, that's um, very Slay. Okay, so the other ship is character A, character B. Is one of them is a Jedi. Yes. Is one Obi Wan Kenobi? No. Is one Mace Windu? No. Quinlan Vos? No. <laughs> we can't no. just guess Jedi. We need to. No. Claudia, stop. Qui Gon Jinn. No. We have to. We have to ask questions. Is this Jedi on the council? I don't believe so. Is this Jedi a man? No. Ooh. Shakti? No. She's on the council. Come on, oh, Claudia. Fuck, I forgot. Fake Sorry. fan. Sorry. Sorry. That was Siri a joke. Tachi? No. <laughs> I unfortunately don't know enough about that, that woman. Ayla Sakura? No. Oh, that would be Slay. Uh, um, um, Barris? No. Okay, um, Luminara? is this a- Luminara Unduli oh! is in this. Is this another woman? No. Hmm. I know, that's why I was like, whoa. Okay, so is the is, other so wait, character... is it Django Fett? It is not Django Fett. Okay, is the other no. character a bounty hunter? No. 
So they're not a bounty hunter, and they're not a clone, and they're not a Jedi. Yes. Is it Hondo Onaka? No, it is not. Okay, <laughs> Luminara Hondo. That is that's that's kind of slay. <laughs> if you're writing any, if you're writing any no. Luminando fix, I'm please tag lie. me. I'm not Luminando. gonna lie. Personally, to me, it feels hateful that Luminara is with this with this gentleman. Paz Visla. No. Prey Visla. Yes. A- <laughs> Get away from her. I know. I was like, <laughs> what are you doing here? Okay. Get away from her. Get a real job. I think that that is, that is Luminara. <laughs> Luminara, no. She can do so much better is the Get problem. away from that white boy. Listen, I feel like you could go to any like gas station in my area and find a guy who looks and sounds just like him. Like, you just have a bunch better. of John Favros living Basically. Oh my God. <laughs> might as well be. No, Luminara, no. <laughs> Luminara, get away from him. I just was like, that no. is, this what? is crazy. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm honestly, I'm gonna say, I'm kind of fascinated by it. Okay, I'm interesting. Curious. Okay, wait, What's wait. So this is interesting. Um, in the notes of this, it says, for more context on this chapter, Pre is demisexual, Luminara is arrow ace, and they are in a QPR and married according to Mandalorian vows, as those leave plenty of space for their specific relationship. They are also Republic married, but that is for more practical stuff. That is very interesting. Yeah. To me. That is that is very interesting. I do like the idea of him being like, yeah, we like. I hate the Jedi honestly but we can get married by the republic laws like i'm cool with that i'm no longer death watch i'm married <laughs> exactly marriage <laughs> not him marriage fixed him marriage she fixed him. she saw him and said i could fix him and she did so true anyways um so that was That's... my fix once again i don't think that like it's like curse ew i'm just like that is fucking out of that left means... field what the hell so this does not have many tags i'm just gonna start there and this was sent to me by, oh my God, um, MSL Lorna on TikTok and Instagram. Sure. Oh, it's it's Miss it's Miss Yorona, the um person who makes the um the uh uh animatics of us. Oh my God. Okay, yeah. slay. Um, I love being illiterate. Anyway, speaking of illiteracy, this fic- this fan fiction. Um, so this is two characters. It's character A, character B. The tags are. Character A, CC6454 Pawns, Character B, and Character C. The additional tags are Crossover, Earth Comfort, Implied Violence. I cannot tell you anything else. Okay. okay. So is Character C from the crossover? Yes. Okay. Is it Harry Potter? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it is, is Mace Windu involved? Yeah, it's Mace yes, Windu. Mace Windu is character A. So it is Mace Windu and somebody else. And so and then is the somebody else from the crossover or yes. it's another Star Wars character? It's another it's from so the, the crossover. So, yeah. So character B and character C are from the crossover. Both from the crossover. Okay, yeah. so we need to guess the what crossover. Pita- what kind of media is the the well, crossover? Let's, I, like is it a book? Um is it a franchise? A cross media franchise? It's is it a supernatural? Part of a fran- it's not supernatural. It's a no, part it- of a franchise. Yes, it is a part of a franchise, and that franchise is not Star Wars. Uh, is it, it fantasy or sci-fi? Closer to fantasy, I guess. Is it the MCU? Um, tangentially. The DC? That's no. not. No, no, no. Is it Daredevil? <laughs> no, but you are getting a little closer. Is, is it from? Is it Jessica Jones? No. Is, is it, it from Moon Knight? Say, though. It is Moon Knight. <laughs> Character V is Mark Spector. <laughs> Wait, so it's Mace Windu slash Grant? No. Have you not brought one that wait, is oh, Mace Windu slash Mark? Wait, 
It, character C is Kanchu. Have you not brought one that was a Star Wars character slash Mark Spector to this podcast before? No. Yeah, but it wasn't yes, you this. you did. No. no, I have, but it wasn't this. No, I don't. You, that was Jango. It was Jango. No, because Jango slash Mark Spector. Yeah. This is Moon Mace Knight Windu slash, slash Mark Spector. Yeah. <laughs> okay, slay. So yeah. Wait, wait. And then Pawn slash Kanchu. <laughs> No, 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 no. sorry. Pons and Conchu are just just here. Pons and Conchu are like (laughs) waiting outside of the room while they're going at it. And they're just like, so what do you do? And he's like, well, I'm just kind of like, I'm his commander. I just kind of follow him around. He's like, I guess you could say that about me and Mark too. You know, we're kind of like you and I. The basic summation of this fic is Moon Knight slash Mace Windu where Mark comes to the GFFA and just has to deal with all the things while the war is going on. And Mace just sort of accepts that he's part of the team. Like, that's I guess that Mark's, Mark's is just, Mark is just, <laughs> hey, and hey. then, and then they're, yeah, they're, they're in a relationship together. Oh, that's so good. What's so so up? That. That. I'm that's like, this Samuel is, L. This Jackson is... ex Oscar Isaac. Well, and, and frankly, as they and, should. And here's the thing. I feel that I have a, I finally have an established brand of fix that I have to be sent because I find crossovers so enjoyable, but this was, I, I read this and I was like, this is the funniest thing I've ever heard. And I also love it. Like, I'm not saying that. If you write more Mace Windu and Mark Spector fix to send them to me directly, but I'm not discouraging that behavior either. Thank you so much for joining us this week for RuPalp's Pod Race. Episodes usually drop on Sundays, and while Kenobi is airing, we're back to weekly episodes. For updates, Star Wars news, and more cursed shit, follow us on social media at RuPalp's Pod Race on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you really love the show, please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Spotify, or Overcast. It means a lot to us. We also appreciate everyone who told a friend or someone at Celebration about us. Uh, we can't wait to see you all at ne- the next Celebration. May the Force be with you, and don't griff it up. Waka waka. Waka waka. Waka waka. waka. waka.